KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington, it's the Northwest Now podcast. Each week, we take a closer look at the people and issues that affect all of us here in Western Washington. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation with your host, Tom Lason. Sometimes the story really is a simple one. So meet one of Tacoma's good guys. Kwabi Amoa Forsen has been plying the streets of Tacoma for years in his unmistakable powder blue peace bus. Tonight, we sit down with Kwabi to learn about a new award he's received and his ongoing plans to take his message of peace and turn it into action. That's next on Northwest Now. If you've spent much time in Tacoma, there's a good chance you've either met Kwabi or at least seen his 1998 blue Mitsubishi minivan driving around. Kwabi is fully engaged in feeding children, promoting peace, trying to empower the disenfranchised, and leaning into the centers of power and influence to speak up for those in need. All from the front seat of a funky old minivan that when combined with its driver can do nothing but put a smile on your face. Kwame, thanks so much for coming to Northwest Now. I've been wanting to have you on this program for a while. You are such a force on the streets of Tacoma, and now as we'll get into beyond the boundaries of Tacoma as well, which I think is a great thing. Let's start from the start, though. Where are you from? Where did you get raised? And how do you find yourself uh, now driving around the Peace Bus? Well, first of all, Tom, I want to thank you for having me come on this show. I've been watching for a while. Absolutely phenomenal content. I love seeing what you do. Um, I was born in Reno, Nevada. I don't remember anything. I was just a little baby. But shortly after that, we moved to University Place, and that's where I grew up. So I went to Curtis High School, and then from then I went to Western Washington University, and then from then I moved back to Tacoma, and I've been living here ever since. Talk a little bit about your education and kind of what, what your original goals were and how that all fits in. Right, that's a good, that's a good question. So at Western, um, I was there for communications, and then I flunked out. <laughs> I was playing too much reggae music. I want to be a reggae star. And so when I flunked out there, I came back to Tacoma to get my GPA back up. I did that, in fact. And then I transferred to the Evergreen State College Tacoma campus. While there, I was really immersed in the essence of looking at things holistically, subjects holistically. And then when I graduated from then, I was in grad school for business, and I was lost, Tom. I was absolutely lost. I didn't know why I was there. I mean, I was there to get a degree, but I was surrounded by people who were trying to figure out how they were gonna make the most money possible, which I get. Money is a way in which we can cultivate our potentiality and create things, right? You can't do everything for free. No. But I did something that a lot of people don't do in our current day and age, a lot of young folks. That was, I reached out to an old uh, advisor, someone who was an elder in the community for guidance. So I reached out to Peter Bacho, Peter Bacho from the Evergreen State College. And I asked Peter Bacho, I said, doctor, I'm struggling. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life, but I'm in school. And he said, Kwabi, with his old stoic voice. <laughs> it was like, Kwabi, you could be anything you wanna be. You could be a lawyer or a doctor, but you need to stop asking yourself, what do you wanna be? And start asking yourself, who do you wanna be? And I thought to myself, wow, that, that's profound. So I took a weekend by myself and really thought about, who am I? And I thought that at my core, at the innermost core of myself, I love seeing people from different walks of life Racist colors and creeds coming together for a positive cause. It gives me goosebumps to even think about it. And to me, that's peace. 
mm-hmm. one perspective, a really big perspective of it. And that's when I started hitting the ground running and promoting peace. So here's a guy with a business degree, a, a graduate studies and a business <laughs> degree, driving around in an old blue Mitsubishi uh, minivan that we uh, showed a piece that we shot with you some time ago, uh, just uh, before this interview started. And you're out doing that. How did how did that come about? Um, did you really... You, you took your, your drive so literally. It wasn't, well, I'm going to do administrative things to try to promote peace. No, I'm getting in a dang minivan driving around talking to people. I mean, that's really hitting the streets. Right, right, right. Well, the first thing I wanted to do was have a peace plane. That was my very first idea. I got it from a gentleman named A.B. Nathan. He was an Israeli humanitarian, and he flew an airplane from Tel Aviv all the way to Egypt to promote better relations between Arabs and Jews. And he was around, his heyday was like the 60s. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a peace pilot. And so I started taking flight lessons back in like 2017. And I was in grad school still, so it cleaned me out. Tom, yeah. I had no money, Tom. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can't continue with this. I don't have a pilot's license now, but I do have a driver's license. So I thought, well, I'm going to make a vehicle for peace. And it's interesting because it's all an advertisement. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself an activist. I'm more of a campaigner. We think about something like Coca-Cola, right? It's absolutely everywhere. You can't go two miles without seeing some sort of advertisement for Mm Coca-Cola. That's a drink, Tom. Imagine what we could do for peace. And so when I bought this vehicle, I put the peace bus on the sides as a vehicle to promote the most important thing of all, which is peace. And then I thought, well, there's space in the bus, but there's supposed to be seats, but there's nothing. And I thought about delivering goods to people in need. Putting peace into action. That's where the humanitarianism started. See, there's layers, though. Coca-Cola, those ads aren't about a drink. They're about an end market for the sugar industry. So there's oh, all oh. there's always layers, baby. Right, 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 right. But yeah, you know, in that, and that's amazing in itself. And I'm trying to figure out, I've been on this mission trying to figure out how can we have peace be with the masses? We have this essence of activism being sort of like a, a counterculture against the grain. What if this essence of togetherness and love and peace could be part of the program? Part of the program. Yeah. 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 Well, what the heck's wrong with us then? It feels to me that peace has been going backwards. Um, Mm. We've done several programs on on Northwest now here trying to promote peace and and talk about that as an issue. But um, man, I feel like peace is going down, not going up. Um, Right. We don't know enough about it. It's not taught, right? Anything you want to learn, it has to be taught to you. There's three different kinds of peace, Tom. There's inner peace. We talk a lot about that. Woo-saw, right? Right, right. Or maybe a sense of religion or a sense of understanding of self. But then there's interpersonal peace, which is seldom talked about. How can we show love, respect, and understanding towards our fellow human being? And then there's diplomatic peace. How is China faring with Russia, the United States, with Ukraine, this sort of thing? And I really feel that honing in and learning about interpersonal peace is the way we're going to yeah. bridge the gap of understanding and come together. That's the one that's really missing, is that is the right. middle one. We're all about ourselves and inner peace. We're all mm. about in, introspection, all about, you know, right. it's all about me. Right. Well, no, it ain't. Right. Know, it's and about it, us, right? It's interesting, though, because you would think with as much time and effort we put on inner peace, it would exude from that and we'd have more interpersonal peace. Mm-hmm. It really makes me question how much inner peace we actually have. Right, when we're so angry all the time. You just drive down the road and somebody in a pickup truck, I mean, they're angry. You can just right. feel it. Right, right, there's, right. There's right. a lot of anger out there. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm. Let's talk a little bit about um, some of the things that have been happening in your life. The Greater Tacoma Peace Prize. Yeah. You won that. Yes. So what does that do for you? I'm the youngest person ever to win the award. And what it means to me is that people understand the importance 
people understand the understand they understand the ability for us to come together, right? Um, I'm 32 years old. I didn't grow up in the hippie movement. I didn't grow up in the civil rights movement. How is it that someone young like myself has gathered together this concept and understood that peace is the most important thing? I think that's progress in itself. So the people who came together to create the Tacoma Peace Prize, they nominate someone every year that is doing, honestly, most people have done a lifetime full of work yeah. for peace. And they decided to invest. This is an investment in me. To send me over there before I've gotten my, my my best strides. I've done some work, but I'm I'm not even near the finish line. So where do you go for that? Is, is there a program? Over to Norway. Yeah, I was going to say that's over in Norway, right? right? So right. talk about that trip and when, when's that happening? And right. So December fifth, I'll leave on a plane and travel all the way to Oslo, Norway. Wow. There, I will be meeting with constituents and politicians and leaders around the world having conversations about what I've been doing here in the United States and Tacoma and Washington for peace. And I'll learn about what they're doing as well. And then on December 10th, that's when the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony commences. And I'll be there in full attendance and I'll be able to see uh, if different people receive the award and whatnot. Um, and then after that, I'll be meeting with constituents throughout the week after. And then I'll go to Iceland for a few days. And then I'll go to New York and give a speech at the First Avenue Church in Manhattan about my experience about going to the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony, my thoughts on peace, and things like that. I see. You really do need an airplane. Yes, I do. I do. It's, it's the next step. The yeah. Northwest Now airplane. We can go in together. That'd be cool. But you know what even would be cooler, Tom? The peace plane. And that's my next endeavor after the peace bus. The greatest flight in the history of humankind. I will be in the sky by 2025. What's that going to look like? What's, what's the purpose of it? Does it help you go from country to country working on this interpersonal right. piece? You're bringing delegates from one group to another. What's right. your vision? I think eventually it will be something like that, but you got to start you know, small and then build up. I think at the first moment of creating a peace plane, will be a smaller plane, maybe a Cessna 172. The idea is to get people who have never been interested about peace, people who feel that they're on the fence, right, about whether or not they should get involved and let them understand that peace is for human progress, right? So I want people to see this plane that would be in the sky and think, what is so important that this man would make a whole plane dedicated to peace? Painted powder blue, right? No, I don't know if we're going that way. Maybe, maybe a different kind of blue, right? And raise awareness of the major inhibitors of peace. What is actually preventing us from creating a peaceful society? And yeah. I believe that among most things, that poverty, Racism and lack of quality education for our children is what's hindering us from creating a base level peaceful society. You hit both those points sitting right here in my notes oh. about the, the role racism plays and the role mm. poverty plays. So let's mm. take them one at a time. Right. Racism, you you know, Martin Luther King said, that, you know, the arc of history bends toward justice. I keep thinking it's going to happen, but the more I look into it, the more nothing's changed. Mm. And it's very discouraging. Right. Um, how do we overcome that? How do you how do you overcome that sense of discouragement and get people to see each other? Somehow, I don't know when it happened or where it happened, but the ideals of progressing in regards to diminishing racism have become political. Yeah. When in fact, the betterment of the African-American or the Native American is really the benefit for all people. We're together in this. We've been writing the pages of progress with our hands tied, and a certain amount of people have been given all the, the potential and the advantages to pursue their goals, right? 
But imagine if everyone had a seat at the table of opportunity. This is the essence that we have to gravitate towards if we want to diminish racism. Seeing that when we held back a group of people, we're in fact holding ourselves. Think, for, for example, Steve Jobs, right? Brilliant gentleman. He died of cancer. And if he were to have known that the cure for cancer was embedded in a black child somewhere in the ghetto, he would have been putting tons and millions of dollars into this child in order to cure him. But truly, that's the fact, that the solutions we desperately need are embedded in those who have been disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. Poverty, um, which is a, a neighbor to that disenfranchisement. Right. Um, talk a little bit about that. Right, right, right. Yeah, poverty is the bare bones. We have to work as far as understanding our humanity. It's a humanism sort of deal. Um, how can we go about being our best selves if a large quantity, quantity of ourselves are held back because of their economic status? Right. And education plays a big role in that. Oh, yeah. There should be no difference from a school like Lincoln in comparison to a school like Annie Wright when the solutions we need are embedded in any child anywhere. It behooves us to get involved. Also, the essence of safety. Right. Well, zip codes still determine outcomes. That's true. Which is hard to believe. Right. But right. it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. But I, I also hone in on the essence of safety as well. Everyone wants to be safe, no matter if you're rich or you're poor, if you're black, or you're white, we all feel this sense of wanting to feel safe. And we always go towards Band-Aid safety, I like to call it. So we want more police, we want more guns, more guard dogs, more alarms, more walls, right? When real intrinsic safety is embedded in creating a better quality of life for everyone. So it behooves those who are rich to invest in those who are disenfranchised for their own benefit. I'm sure that most people don't want to go up, wake up, leave their door and feel that someone's gonna come after them, right? What if we could all live in a society where people's needs are met? I think it's just a better world. Talk a little bit about some of your other travels. You took a trip to Washington, D.C. You took a trip to the Mexican border. I think both those were in your bus, I think. Right, right, So right. talk a little bit, what were those? So last summer, I did a trip called Manifest Humanity. I traveled from Washington State all the way to Washington, D.C., from sea to shining sea, in order to meet with the commander-in-chief himself, Mr. Joe Biden. Now, on this journey, I delivered hundreds and hundreds of books about love, peace, and empowerment to kids, teens, and young adults along the way, stopping in major cities. Now, I didn't get to meet with Biden himself, which is fine. I wrote him, actually, a very extensive letter. His loss, man. For sure. I think, I, I want to say you maybe heard about me, but, you know, he's a busy man, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not giving up. I'm sure at some point I'll be able to meet with the gentleman and talk about peace. But really, the victory wasn't in not meeting with the president or meeting with the president. The victory was talking with our youth and getting an understanding of their concept of peace. I brought mainly kids books, right? Books from, you know, like for years five, six, and seven. Mm -hmm. But most of the kids were older that wanted to, you know, get the books and learn about peace. And a lot of young adults in colleges were interested about the concept too. So that was a really good campaign. Um, and then one of my first campaigns that you're talking about, the journey to the Mexican border. Right. That was done right after I bought the peace bus in 2019. Okay. So I took the bus. And I don't know if you remember that year, there was a lot in the media going, about, going on about the immigration crisis. Yeah. We were seeing like on the news, cages, children in cages and people being torn away from their families. So I had this crazy idea of trying to go to the border of Mexico to interview border patrol agents about the crisis, which is absolutely insane, Tom. Why would I think I could go down there and do that? It doesn't make any sense. But I'm stubborn, so I was like, I'm going to do it. So 
So I called San Diego Border Patrol. I told them I was coming down. They're like, Bobby, don't come down. <laughs> yeah. We don't know you. Like, you're not even a news station. So I was discouraged, but I still went anyway. And as I started announcing I was doing this trip, funds started coming in. And after a while, I realized it was going to actually happen. So I took the peace bus and a few of my friends. We traveled down the border, down California, stopping in major cities, giving out socks and blankets to people in need. And we stayed with host families, people we didn't even know at all. And that's a testament to love and peace, right? Yeah, yeah. People we didn't even know at all. So we actually get to, got to the border of Mexico, met with San Diego Border Patrol. They came out. They were amazed that we were even there, I'm right? sure, yeah. They loved the bus, and they were like, well... Since you're down here, we'll let you guys ride on patrol with us. Uh So we got in the patrol car and we're on the border of Mexico. And I asked if I could interview them and we gave them a a pretty good interview, put that on social media and it was a a very successful campaign. Talk a little bit about media. You have a podcast, right? I did, I did have. You did, okay. What are your media plans? Because the media is such a big piece of this um, to get the message out. Um, What are you thinking about in terms of media media and duplicating the Kwabi message? Right, right. Well, it's not necessarily a Kwabi message, though I'm playing a, a vital part in it, right? I think that I'm a pretty good speaker. I think that I'm pretty handsome. And so these couple together, we're talking about the most important thing, are going to propel peace to a whole new level, Tom. But I would say, <laughs> for as far as media is concerned, I'm creating a new talk show. It's called The Last Two Years, The Peace Bus, The Last Two Years. I'm getting local celebrities, people who are involved as far as influencing is concerned, getting them together in the room to have a most important discussion about peace, raising awareness of things that are hindering us from creating a peaceful society. Mm-hmm. And I'll be shooting this next month, November 16th, at the Washington State History Museum. And hopefully, hopefully, I want to be on your network, Tom. I want to be on PBS. I don't see why uh, a gentleman like myself, right, as handsome as I am, and talking about <laughs> the most important thing, shouldn't be on PBS, right? Nor do I. And I think that this discussion needs to be at the highest level. We talk about a war. We talk about our health care. We talk about all these different things that are very important. We talk about going to the moon. We talk about space. Now that we're talking about these important things, peace needs to be on the same level. Right. How do they, how does this tie in to us coming together as a, as a civil society? Right. right. Yeah. And the thing about it is, you know, there's, there's a lot of shows with politicians on it talking about things that are, you know, race and things like right. that. Mostly about their power. Right. Right, Tom. Right. And it's always polarized, right? We don't talk about the nuances of these subjects. So this November, I want to have a conversation about race and racism, the nuances of it, and a more relaxed and honest conversation. So hopefully, you know, with I'm going to have Nate Jackson, the comedian, on there, and um, another uh, Travis Thompson, who's a, a local rapper, and hopefully I can get Misha Tate, who's an athlete from this area who was in the UFC. What about cancel culture? Are you scared of that? You're scared, culture. You, you, you're scared of people saying the wrong things or getting people to say what they really think or mean because they're so afraid. I, I hope, think that's a big piece of this, right. too. I hope to create an atmosphere in this show to have people be able to speak their mind, right? How else are we going to create a peaceful society if everyone's scared to speak up? We have to get real, really real about the conversation. That is the only way we're going to be able to create a more peaceful society is if we're honest and open. How do people get involved with you and your efforts at this time? Right now, they can uh, message me, message me. Reach out to me on on Instagram at the Peace Bus and let's have a conversation. Um, It can be monetary. You can become a donor and um, donate every month. But even, even other than that, I think having a conversation about, you know, where you can 
fit in by talking with me would be the best way. And does some of that feed into the Every Kid Eats program? I mean, that's where some of that, the funding is needed for some of these things right. you're doing, right? Right, it's been sort of like a, a, a I don't wanna say gambling, but it's sort of been a crapshoot every time. Right. I have this idea I wanna put out. And hope world. it comes in. Right, yeah. and the people, it always resonates with the people. And I think that's because I have this connection with the people because I'm on the ground, I'm on the ground yes. running. Literally, yep. I'm driving around seeing the community. Right? Yeah, they'll run into you in Tacoma. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So the Every Kid Eats campaign, when I announced that I was going to be linking up with local restaurants, kids would be able to eat for free in Tacoma, automatically funds started coming in. And my next campaign, which I haven't announced yet, my, my next humanitarian campaign. Well, break a little news here. Go ahead. Just give us a hint. Well, I've already done efforts in regards to poverty. Okay. I've done efforts in regards to hunger. Okay. Well, the next one is going to be health care. Ah. And there's a lot of people, a lot of elderly folks yeah. that have some really big medical bills. You're not kidding. I think that the Peace Bus could help in alleviate, alleviating some of that stress because health is something that's a necessity. That being the case, I don't think any elderly person or any kid should be worrying about their funds in regards to being healthy. Kwabi, I appreciate you coming to Northwest now. We've been wanting to hear from you for a long time, and I do wish you the best of luck, man. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate you. Everybody is trying to sell something. The bottom line, I can't imagine a more difficult or more important product to sell right now than peace. And that's why we're so glad to have Kwabi Amoa Forsen zigzagging around Tacoma and now reaching out to a wider world with a message of reconciliation and understanding.